Hey, Pepin. Yo, yo. You know, I've been thinking a lot lately about like just random things, and I kind of I just jot them down wherever I can. Usually, it's my phone. Do you does, do you ever do that? Like hot dogs. Wait, what? Like hot dogs. See, <laughs> <laughs> he got me. <laughs> I thought. <laughs> Wait, what? No, this is still the opening. Like, Nathan, explain yourself. Nate, we need to talk. Welcome back. So glad you guys could join us. I am here once again with my best friend, Nathan Pepin. How's it going, Pepin? Yo, yo, doing well. How about you, Meter? Not too bad. Thanks so much. I realize that I start out the episodes with this epic announcer voice, and then I slowly end up devolving until I'm just kind of talking in my normal voice. Well, yeah, I mean, part of that, though, is useful because when you start talking, you're talking over the dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun, and so you kind of need that voice to kind of speak over that. I also think it's a great way to kind of introduce the episode as a whole and still have that familiar voice be there throughout the entirety of the episode. Yep, true, true. I will not disagree. That's good. That's good. I'm glad. So we were talking about things on my phone that one time. Let's talk about things on your phone this one time. So, like I warned you, the uh, things are kind of pretentious. I mean, I'm kind of a pretentious person, unfortunately. Like, I'm self-aware now to know enough that, uh, you know, I think that my thoughts are hot shit, but they're not. They're stupid. They're cringe. I'm excited to hear stupid and cringe. Uh, well, so, so the first thing here isn't that cringe. It, I don't know where I got this from, uh, but... I put it on my phone, but uh, it's actually the, remember the parody song we did way, way back for the Christmas drug parodies, like back in high school? Yes. So I got one here and I, I don't know why it's on here, but I love it. Down in the basement, lots of grass, two good stoners, smoke some hash, up through the chamber, lots of smoke, all through the pressure of a Christmas toke, quick, quick, quick. Who's got a big click, 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 taking a hit down in the chamber, cough, 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 up to the chamber, the smoke off, and it kind of goes on. But uh, that is, w- I was trying to get that recorded for a while and trying to find a singer, and then nobody will sing it for me. Nobody. I ran into the same issue when we were trying to produce that album, and that, like, the songs are good. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the lyrics are really, really funny. Uh, that one, I think that one's probably the strongest as far as the like lyrics go though the frosty the snowman one is a crazy like crazy amazing that is a good one i i like um i like uh uh crap i can't remember i i know oh holy night was a great one but like that one's going to be impossible to find somebody to sing that yep yep uh i I've, i've talked to many people and they usually say oh no that seems daunting or i have a kid and i'm getting you know or I'm too high right now. Yeah, well, the people usually ask, you know, do weed themselves? So the fact that they, like, have a kid, they get, like, benefits and stuff, and they're worried about custody or something. So I, I get it. I get it. Why do you but, only ask people on welfare? So I, I assume that they'll do it for cheaper. Oh, starving musicians. I understand. <laughs> 
So tell me more about socialism. <laughs> okay, thought, thought, thought number two. <laughs> that wasn't really a fair one because that wasn't like a Pepin original thought. That was like a collaborative meter and Pepin project that never got off the ground. It's it's true, but it was on my phone, so uh, it's the first thing on there too. So that, that's what I thought to do. I also think it's redundant to say a collaborative meter and Pepin project that never got off the ground. Well, yeah. Except for this one. So this one says, God, how could you deceive me with such charm, with such means? The principles on which you communicate to me defy the creator. Lost in a dying dream, floating through ambiguity. Okay. So uh, God has forsaken you. And the way that he communicates to you is in and of itself against himself. Is that an accurate representation? Yeah, kind of, kind of. I was, I was trying to come up with, like, a song idea, and it's, like, this is kind of, like, what happened to some philosophers in the Renaissance, is they felt kind of let down by science because the science that they are learning about kind of contradicted God, so they kind of felt like God was forsaking them or testing them. There was one philosopher in particular, he came up with this whole kind of, like, idea that, uh, you know, the more and more you look into it and the more and more you learn about uh, science and God and everything, the less and less it makes sense. And that's the test right there because uh, that's the test of faith. And God's testing you to make sure that you are, you know, really loyal to him. So uh, the, the idea, yeah, there's kind of like that. Uh, it's not so much about myself, but it's also about an aspect of myself, I guess, you know, because I think to write about something, you have to kind of like understand it in a way. But, you know, it's, it's not really personal to me necessarily. Will you still believe in God when God himself proves he's not real? something like that yeah it's essentially so it, it's like god gave the means for rationality for life for everything that you hold and utilize but then those means lend themselves to the disproof of god the rationality so you know cherish is the ultimate downfall of god so how, how can that be true how can that be how could you have given the means to destroy you man that is very very deep and pretentious in that order Super pretentious. I, I like that, though. That's actually a really good thought that I had never actually occurred to me before. It, it reminds me that a lot of back then uh, in the in the olden times, there were, <laughs> yeah, the olden times, their religion and science were one and the same. Religion is what fueled the sciences and funded the sciences to figure out more of this world. That's why Christopher Columbus was sailing that and, and of course, trade. But um, a lot of like uh, that's why a lot of the um, philosophers and uh, astronomers in the early days, Galileo, were doing what they were doing. That was all funded by the church to try and seek heaven and to, to learn more about our world. And the more we learned, the more we learned against what the church was teaching. And then slowly they started to uh, diverge and eventually became almost opponents to each other in uh common in the common man at least yeah yeah and i'm not sure if it should be quite that case i mean it's definitely portrayed in that case now but it's like the more and more i learn the more i grow the less and less it seems to be that uh religion and science should have some sort of conflict i mean i suppose if you take religion to be super say uh literal then maybe there's conflict there because you can get into the whole debate, at least with the Christian Bible, about uh, the earth being flat in it and the sun 
revolving around the earth and so on and so forth and all these kind of things. But if you don't take things super literal and kind of take like the metaphorical meaning, then there's still a lot of wisdom and you know, kind of uh, guidance there. That's true. And that's the way that I would always take uh, any religious text, but especially uh, the one that I'm familiar with, the Bible, is not in a literal sense, but in a um, in a metaphorical sense. And by the way, I posted a Twitter uh, a picture on Twitter of, uh, you know, Shrek? Everything always comes back to Shrek with me. But you know how all all of the people in Shrek are like fairy tales? Mm. Donkey is from Shrek. And Donkey is actually from a story in the Bible uh, of a guy who rides on a donkey or whatever. And then the donkey starts talking as God or whatever. But that angel's name is Balaam. And there's actually a picture I posted on Twitter of Balaam riding Donkey from Shrek uh, and dabbing. No. This was no. this was pre-dabbing too, pre it being like a thing. So it's actually pretty ahead of its time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so look that up. My Twitter handle is meter m e a d e r. Keep going. What else you got on your phone? So this is a. This seems to be a practical thought. Um, when you have constraint with your time and are trying to suggest to schedule something with someone, suggest times yourself. The other person doesn't understand your schedule. They likely feel they are shooting in the dark when suggesting a time, and will be annoyed if you make a suggestion and only to find out the time doesn't work. So essentially, if you're like, "Hey, we should hang out," uh, is Tuesday at five o'clock good, or maybe Wednesday at four? But if you just say, "Hey, we should hang out," when do you want to hang out? Then you're putting that person into like a weird situation of having to like guess times about your schedule. And then every time you say, oh, no, I'm working that day or oh, blah, 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 I'm doing that that day. It's just kind of awkward. It's not uncomfortable with that person. So that's like a, I don't know, a social tip. Schedule. Heaven's <laughs> full of social tips. <laughs> Scheduling is a big part of my job, and that is extremely standard. Like, that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to suggest times. You're not supposed to leave it up in the air and say, well, what works for you? Because that never, ever works out. You always want to suggest times and let other people confirm or deny times. And most of the time, they just agree. They're like, yeah, that'll work. Unless there's something specific that prevents them from that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that's, uh, you're pretty much in the same boat as me. You come up with a novel idea that makes sense and would be helpful and it already exists in a standard practice. Yep, yep. I mean, a lot of things that I do is I, like, notice, like, stuff which is pretty standard and everyone knows like on some sort of level and then i vocalize it and then i realize that it's super obvious but you know this is my revelation it's like oh when people put their blinkers on they're trying to turn like it's just kind of like oh, it's like yeah. cars communicating with each other yeah yeah it, oh that's kind of what's actually happening though if you think about it i mean <laughs> literally yes <laughs> You know, there was uh, there's another form of communication in cars when you flash your headlights. What does that mean? Uh, so it could mean a couple things. So if you're on like some back alley road, like say out in the middle of nowhere, it probably means there's an animal up ahead, especially if it's nighttime. If it's nighttime, it's definitely an animal up ahead. Or a lot of times it's a cop, but uh, a lot of times it's like, oh, I just saw a deer. Uh, but other times it means that uh, you have your lights out or there's something wrong with you. Like there's something up with your car, like maybe it's spoken, but usually your lights are out. Fair. For, I think for the majority of the time, flashing lights means there's something up ahead, usually a copper, an, an animal or something in the road or an accident or whatever. Um, if I flash my lights and then use a blinker, 
Then I'm saying you have a light out and it's on that this side of your car. Um, so that's my way of differentiating those two. I don't know if anybody else in the world will ever understand that. But but hopefully they all listen to this podcast. But there was a there was a court trial because somebody was flashing their lights, letting other cars know there's a cop up ahead, and the cops didn't like that, so they took him to court over it and said it was like obstruction of justice or some crap like that. And the mm-hmm. court actually ruled in favor of uh, the defendant because that's called that's considered freedom of speech, and flashing your lights is a form of communication, and therefore covered under the. Uh, the amendment. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could see that. Uh, I, freedom of speech gets kind of weird sometimes because there was a case in Florida where it, it's like, in, was it uh, Palm Beach where people go for spring break and they always have the the Mardi Gras type stuff and they uh, flash their tits. Okay. And so it's, it's not allowed there. It's actually illegal. Uh, at least it was illegal last time I checked. But uh, there was a whole protest about it because uh, people were very upset that they weren't able to uh, express themselves in that way. So it's a big protest. Um, and this cop was there, and one of the organizers was kind of like, you know, kind of giving her thoughts and kind of giving her speech. And then uh, eventually, you know, she ends it by flashing, you know, the, the, the officer. And then so she gets arrested and everything. And then they go to the court and blah, 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 a lot of stuff happened and ends up that the court defended her and said that she was uh, not guilty because in that instance, she was using her freedom of speech to express herself. And it was freedom of speech expressly to protest. So Uh you get into a weird kind of legal kind of idea here where if you are just mindlessly kind of like flashing your tits it's illegal, but if you are per, you know, flashing a test to protest the law, that's completely fine. In Maine, it's actually legal for women to go topless. It's great. It's wonderful. I have never s- seen anyone go topless in Maine, but I know that uh, in Portland, they will do these kind of topless marches, and people are always disappointed. I mean, the people who uh, you know organize the, the rallies because... They're expecting to be like some sort of grand movement, and then you just get creepy guys taking pictures of them. <laughs> wait, wait, wasn't there like the Naked Mile when we were in college where everybody got on bikes and rode around naked, rode around campus? Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, that's less creepy though because it's college age students, and college age students are kind of like free and wild. And it's like if there's a girl who's naked and you're in college and they're like riding a bike, like the, the guys are smart enough to act, not to act like creeps or like it's like kind of weird or abnormal. They, they have to act like, oh, yeah, this is what we do in college because, yeah, yeah, like they have to act like like it's it's no big deal with it's naked people but around it's no big deal. Like it's just a, it's normal. Yeah, it's, it's weird because it's not a normal everyday thing. I can't pretend that, well, that it's not at least odd. I mean, I would we've been to the strip club before and yeah it, it's like it's really odd for about 15 minutes and then it wears off like like seeing tits and pussy and you know just you know lots of butts shaking it's kind of like oh my god oh my god but then it's like yeah you know i've seen this a uh, few things wrong with that one i don't think it's ever weird in a strip club because like that's the whole point of being there so it's not out of place mm-hmm. if anything you being clothed is the out of place thing uh, two, I don't think I want to ever hear you say pussy again, at least on the, on the podcast. Unless we're talking about cats, that'd be a good time. Did you know? I, I didn't know this, but apparently uh, it's not unanimous, but apparently uh, in 
some, how do you put this exactly in the right way? Uh, some gay people, some homosexual men use the term bussy. It's like boy pussy. Fascinating. No, I, I didn't know that. I, I, I learned that on Reddit. It was like an Ask Reddit, and it's like, uh, what's something about the gay culture that you didn't know? And it's like people use the word bussy, and it was a gay person writing and said, I hate the phrase, but it's like people use it, and it makes me makes me cringe so much. Wait, are they are they talking about an asshole? Uh, yes. I see. So like boy pussy. So do girls have bussy? <laughs> or do they have gussies? <laughs> Well, I guess it's good see. <laughs> okay, let's move on. This one's well outstated. It's welcome. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, this is a little thought I saw from... I mean, this is more a quote, but I find it very interesting. Uh, it, I think Jordan Peterson said it on some interview. Who the fuck is Jordan Peterson? He's like a Canadian psychologist, dude. Okay. Uh, kind of philosopher dude. So not somebody I'm supposed to know. Yeah, well, he's very, very popular, very well known. Um, in the Canadian psychology, like, in, in, like the internet sphere, he'd become like a like a Sam Harris type figure, essentially. Jesus Christ! All right, keep going. I don't know any of these people you're talking about. Uh, the weak cannot be virtuous. Okay, go on. What is that? What What did you mean by that? Well, it's more what he meant by that. But so, so it's not my idea. I can't take uh, attribution for it. But the idea there is that if you're weak, then you can't stand up for any moral principle. You can't stand up for anything which is right or just. You can't do anything which is beyond the limits of, say, uh, casual humanity. And therefore, you cannot be good. Uh, the idea of this kind of passivity, passivity, the kind of idea of this passivity of just kind of letting things roll by is kind of why things devolve devolve and people will often not do things on the basis of you know if i don't mess with things this is how i can be good if i don't do anything bad you know if i don't say actively harm people then i'm a good person but that does not make you a good person that just makes you weak that this makes you ineffective that this makes you nothing to be virtuous to be a good person to actually do good you actually have to do good actively interesting I don't know. I think I, I wrote something once. I was like, um, fuck, I'm not even going to remember what the what the lyrics were, but it was something along the lines of like, because uh, because people work together, that's why that's the type of people who are going to inherit the earth. Fuck, I really wish I could remember the lyric. Oh, I remember it now. Synergy is paramount to why the meek are gaining ground. Like the meek will inherit the earth. So because they work together, that's why they're going to be the ones that last. Those who are fighting against each other are the ones who are going to destroy each other, good and bad. Whether that means that the meek are good or not is, irre- is irrelevant to my point, I guess. I don't think the meek will work together. I think that they'll just, uh, they'll say, reproduce more, that they're more passive, that they have more time to just uh, fucking make kids. But that's just me being really cynical for a second. That's super cynical, Nathan. It's kind of like idiocracy. It's essentially the plot to that. I've never seen the movie, but people describe the plot all the time. So I'm going to be one of those people who say, yeah, it's like idiocracy. Yep. Now you sound like me. I haven't seen it, but I know all about it. Yep, yep. Uh, but I think it has some merit, though, because it's it's like 
you know, the most successful people tend not to reproduce a whole lot. Mm. Like the more money you make, the less kids you have. Which you know, it's not throwing like saying that uh, the you know, amount of money you make is necessarily correlated to say success or anything like that. But uh, it is correlated to something, and it's productivity. Sometimes most people who make a lot of money, they work a lot, and they have like you know high goals for whatever reason. That's fair. So those so this <laughs> this thing you have written on your phone is not your thought. Uh, so that's not my thought. Uh, it's a thought from some Canadian pr- professor. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, I guess I don't have much to say on that because it's probably true. And who am I to argue with the Canadian? <laughs> uh, th- this thought is mine though. Uh, society gives people permission to do dumb things without real judgment. Okay. Uh, what, what, was there an example that spawned this? So you can think of like, you know, pretty obvious examples of like, let's say those like um, videos you see on Facebook or Reddit or and stuff like that of people just doing dumb stuff, like just kind of like doing dumb trick videos or they, uh, they make weird faces or just do silly things. Uh-huh. Maybe they get themselves hurt. Maybe they don't. But it's like society has created this blanket around these sorts of acts and said, hey, this is okay because it's enjoyable to us. Or, hey, it's okay because, you know, we enjoy it. Or, hey, it's okay because, you know, you can do what you want so long as you're not harming others. And so it, it, it's like people feel like they can be dumb and kind of express themselves in that way because we kind of give credence to it. We kind of allow it. Uh, we don't kind of shun it. Now, there's certain, certainly societies that, you know, shun that behavior more. But the, the, the idea is more that, you know, if, if you... Okay, here's an example. Uh, my videos about memetics. Those videos are very dumb, kind of out there. Uh, but, you know, it's not shunned by society. People kind of like, yeah, do what you do. Or I'm doing reaction videos, those aren't shunned. Uh, you had some videos with me during Julinus, and those weren't shown. Your cooking videos, those are very, very silly, but they're also very, very funny. They're very awesome. And we don't exactly judge people for those things, or we kind of want to create an environment where we don't judge people for those things because we want more of those things, because some of those things are at least entertaining or of value to us. And, but I think, I think that there's a difference between doing something stupid and doing something to be entertaining and doing something to create, like, to actually be creative. I know all the stuff I do in, as far as in that vein of like my cooking videos and and all of that, it's actually like a creative endeavor and I'm purposefully being dumb. It's not just doing a dumb thing because society says I can. It's doing a dumb thing in a planned way to create a, a, an actual piece of art, if you will. Yeah. Maybe I should, specify the word a bit more dumb because it's not dumb in the sense of like uh you know that's dumb it's more in the dumb in the sense of like a postmodern kind of aspect of you're like standing in front of a camera talking to it and kind of acting out this character and then you're going to post it onto the internet you know through, through some sort of wires to get some sort of reaction or entertainment across to people it, it's like there's all these kind of weird aspects which are very unnatural, like things that just shouldn't be out there. And it, it's it's just kind of like a very unusual. Maybe unusual is the word for it, but it, it's kind of dumb. Like, like I kind of see this being dumb, not in the sense 
like there's more productive I mean that's not the way not more productive aspects uses but it, it's like if you were to be an alien let's say you're an alien kind of looking in on earth and you saw all these humans kind of doing these kind of random things like that you'd be very confused like what are they doing these people they're working they're getting money they're doing you know getting berries they're like uh climbing trees blah 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 but these other people they're like putting on silly voices and kind of talking to the camera and kind of doing these things like what are they even doing so you don't think the aliens would understand the concept of entertainment and uh, uh irony uh this is like a thought experiment kind of alien question like mm-hmm. it's 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 not like actual aliens like like I mean, if you could say that, you know, if you're taking this thought experiment aliens and if they if if you're looking out from outside in and you're saying, I don't understand why they're doing these weird, silly things, you could say, I don't understand why people are have any emotions. You know, it's like the whole point of doing entertaining things is to elicit emotion or create art in general is to elicit emotions and cause a common connection between two human beings that maybe from a different place, different time even, uh, to connect the human experience together. So I think that any art would be unexplainable, let alone, and the fact that it's somebody being doing something stupid is irrelevant to the point of the project in and of itself. Well, yeah, that, that's kind of the point, though, that I'm making. Well, not like explicitly, but it's more that we are in a bubble where that's liable and that's kind of what makes it beautiful that we can do all these dumb things and kind of like you know just act in our own kind of way and express ourselves in the ways that we want to kind of create media and content or different things for other people that they can enjoy or maybe not enjoy or maybe just have a reaction to to kind of connect with them it, it's it's not dumb in the sense of being bad or it's not uh maybe dumb is not even the right word for it but it's just kind of like it's it's something that's very unusual and it's very fascinating that you know it's it's the societal context allows for it i mean maybe it's not that fascinating but to me it's just kind of like interesting very very intriguing no that's fair i think it does uh posit that or it it does it it proposes the idea that the human experience is in and of itself contained within the human experience and if you're outside of it you can't understand it and i don't think that that's necessarily true either I think it's making a lot of assumptions. I, there's plenty of examples of animals showing emotions similar, if not exactly the same as as humans. Um, so, what? How do we know that they don't fall under that same that same uh, whatever the same thought processes, um, and maybe some sort of outside entity, extraterrestrial or whatever, would understand? Oh, I get what you're doing. You're trying to connect. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's not that, I mean, as far as the extraterrestrial idea, it's not that they wouldn't be able to comprehend or kind of understand, but the idea would be that they would have to study it to kind of understand what's happening exactly. That's fair. It's, it's, it's kind of like when we like see certain animals interact with each other. It's like we see the interaction and we're not in that zone. We don't know how they exactly work. So we're like, you know, why is it doing that funny dance right there? It's like if you're watching bees kind of just like, you know, walk around and stuff you know, around each other, like you wouldn't assume that you're communicating where the honey is, but that's what they're doing. Or sorry, where the, where the flowers are. You wouldn't assume they're doing six dimensional kind of, uh, 
uh, directions, but they, but they are, and took a lot of study to do that. And there's a lot of be- human behaviors where it seems kind of like silly on the surface, or maybe it seems kind of like strange, but then, you know, we allow for it and we kind of communicate on a kind of a more deep and complex level. Though to be fair, almost every single thing in the animal kingdom that you're like, why are they doing that? It's almost always sex. They're doing that to try and find a mate. That's almost always the reason. Yeah, yeah. Why is that bird dancing? Well, it wants to get laid. Why is it yelling in the morning? It's trying to get some. <laughs> okay, that, that's, that's, a, that's a very good, good point. Uh, I'm going to do one more, and then we can wrap it up here. Yep. Uh, just to leave it on a less pretentious note. Uh, so I brought this idea up to you uh, as being something, but... Uh, uh, you told me, you know, do it. It sounds like a great idea. You know, you, you can manage that. And I was like, I don't want to, though. So uh, this is the idea I had. Uh, it's a Reddit community where people post pics of people, and then people post pics of people who look similar. And the, uh, the uh, subreddit would be called Close Enough. And then there would be a version of it called uh, Close Enough NSFW. Uh, yeah, that does sound like a really good idea. And somebody should make that happen. Yeah, not me, though, because it sounds like they could go very, very wrong. <laughs> yeah, not me, though. I like that reaction. Like, like th- the first thing I think about are these weird people who post pictures of their sister and like, hey, you know, who's someone that looks like her? Like, I don't know what reason, but uh, that's just how the Internet is. They always post pictures of their sister. It's like there's Wait. that. Sp- <laughs> Do you think every picture that's ever been posted is of somebody's sister? Uh, well, if they have a brother, yes. Okay. Or another sister. But uh, there's a subreddit called Old School Cool, and the joke about that subreddit now is that people will post pictures of their mothers who were milfs at the time of the picture. So there's like, you know, maybe the mother was taken, maybe the picture was taken in the 70s or 80s or whatever. And, you know, maybe their mom was pretty hot. And the the joke is that guys who thought their mom was hot are trying to get people to call their mom hot now by posting the picture on the internet. To feel justified? That's the question. Well, to get karma. I mean, it's about karma. Oh, it's all about the Reddit karma. And also, they feel good. They can show the mother, hey, here are these comments of all these people who want to bang you. Hey, mom, come check out Reddit and all the people who wanted to bang you when you were 30 years younger. Yeah, yeah. Let me put this picture of my gram-gram. It's like, it'd be very concerning to me if I ever saw a picture of one of my relatives and it's, you know, and I didn't know it was my relative and I said, oh, wow, they're hot. And then I found out, oh, yeah, that's your aunt Joy. That's your sister. Yeah. Your sister who died in childbirth. What? Like, fuck. Oh, in child, not in like she was being born, but like <laughs> she was giving birth to a child, right? <laughs> I thought I fucked it up for a second, but I did it. Because <laughs> I thought I said what you thought. <laughs> okay. So definitely not a pretentious note. Uh, so that's, that's not pretentious. That's just a g- good idea. The whole the subreddit thing was is a good idea. Yeah, just to be clear. Yep. Uh, and what's also a good idea is uh, you know tweeting at us or you know following us at uh, twitter.com/wntt1 or Facebook facebook.com/slash we need to talk show. We also got the Patreon. On the Patreon, you can do things like you know give us money. You know, money is kind of what drives society and life and happiness. And sometimes to be happy, you have to give us money. So. 
we actually have an unreleased episode that will never be released to the general public that uh, there's a donation level that gets you access to unreleased episodes. And uh, it's all about Pokemon Go back when that was actually like a big thing and how there's a whole story. And we talk to the guy who's involved about how he lost his girlfriend to another guy because of Pokemon Go. And it's actually really funny. So if you want to hear that episode, um, it's, it's a donation away. Are we ever going to release the episode about the bussy? I really, really hope not. Okay, okay. It's a little disappointing, but... Uh... I always feel like you're trying to say it like you're French. <laughs> like you're trying to be pretentious about saying pussy. <laughs> pussy. <laughs> ah, yes. Mm, a lovely pussy. You know, sometimes when I look the pussy, I just kind of look it soft <laughs> with a... <laughs> Oh my god, please end this episode. <laughs> Should I say it? I mean, I guess I have to say it. Or maybe I don't. Or maybe, maybe, next time, we need to talk. Hey, it's Chris from the Vinyl Loft, the Upper Valley's all-vinyl podcast, spinning over seven decades of great music on a format that has refused to die. We spin nothing but vinyl, classic rock, alternative, heavy metal, and much, much more. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram, and we are proud to be on podcastnh.com.